Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 9, Continents and Landmasses. Well, hello, welcome again. I'm Chad Corey, and this is Cauldron of Worlds. And we're going to be continuing what we've been doing in the last eight episodes up until now, which is looking at the macro to micro approach to world building. And that means basically we are going to be shrinking down last episode. If you were familiar with it, I encourage you to check it out. We are looking at building a world. And now we're getting into more of the specifics of that world, namely continents and land masses. But before we get into that, I wanted to say a big thank you for everyone who was able to participate and take advantage of the recent book tour for Return of the Wizard King. I do appreciate that. And it went really well. I didn't know what the full result would be necessarily, uh, every aspect of it, obviously, given the whole fluid nature of the uh, situation we found ourselves in. But I think it turned out really well. I had a good time. I was really happy to meet a bunch of people there at the uh, various bookstores and things who helped promote and uh, got the book out there to various people. So I was very thankful for that and the places where I actually got to sit down and communicate with people directly. Uh, that went really well, too, and I had a good time. So thank you again for being part of that. And I just uh, want to pass on, if you're interested, there should be, again, I don't know when you're listening to this, but at this recording, we have some virtual events that I taped via Facebook and are actually recorded via Facebook and Instagram. You can take a listen to those and see kind of what the events were like and get kind of a rundown on some things in general. And now everything is wrapped up, so I am thankful to have some <laughs> downtime, so to speak, and look forward to doing some more stuff in the future for book two, and I'll share more about that as we get closer to that. But for today's episode, we are talking about continents and land masses, which means, I don't want to say nitty-gritty, but kind of more of the, the more substantive nature of world building, kind of defining the boundaries of nations and such, as it were, with the basic geographical structure of your world setting. And we touched a little bit on this uh, with the world building aspect last episode, talking about the land to water ratio and things like that. I wanted to take a little bit of a continuation of that, but also go in a different direction and explain a little bit more about world building as far as making maps and how that can be of a benefit to you and what are some of the better strategies perhaps to use for your creative endeavors. And again, when I say this all, I'm talking about world building for fantasy, sci-fi, urban fantasy, whatever the case might be that has a fake or fantasy-based or alternate reality universe, whatever you want to call it. These are some tips and tactics, like I said, that I think might be of a, a benefit to you. So usually I have done what a lot of people have done for the longest time, kind of old school in that sense, and that is the traditional drawing everything out by hand and using that then to kind of get a gauge for the basic world setting in general as far as the, the land masses go, the continents and, and things like that. Seems to work really well for me. I like it. I, I like that more tactile, in-person, personal, relatable field kind of aspect to it. Um, some people don't. Some people are more techie and they like to get into the more traditional uh, design software or even get into there are programs out there as well like cartographer and things like that where you can design maps or maps can be designed randomly for you for a world setting and that might be something people enjoy as well or you might be very gifted in the ability of drawing in general the interior design or not interior design but layout and 
uh, illustration and things like that. And so you have the software and technology and you can actually do some cartography and stuff like that. However you do it, it's just a matter of keeping things consistent and from the very beginning establishing some basic parameters, your, your legend, so to speak, which would include, you know, your mile markers, how, what, what measurement you're going to use to keep everything specific for measurements of distance, what are you going to use for symbols of basic topography, such as, you know, landmass, uh, things you can find in landmasses would be like trees, waterfalls, lakes, rivers, ruins, mountains, hills, prairies, deserts, swamps, I mean, anything and everything you can think of. Maybe your uh, landmass or continent has different fault lines or different gaping wounds in the in the big interior structure of it, or you know pits or something or whatever. So again, you just develop a universal and basic system for keeping a legend straight, so you kind of know what you're doing even years later. What <laughs> you don't get confused what it is. But the big thing is generally keeping the measurements correct. That will help establish a the overall topography and how things look for the land masses. Now, again, I can't necessarily tell you how to make a map for your world setting because obviously everybody's world setting is going to be different. You might have an entire supercontinent. You might have the whole planet being a, a continent or a landmass, or it might be a bunch of islands, like we said before. It might be a combination of that, or it might just be all water. Everything's underwater, so that's a whole different type of, or even underground, like we said, interior-wise, you could be living inside the planet. So, a lot of different things, a lot of different concepts that you know you have to develop for yourself, and that will determine what map and, and structures and things on that map will be the most important to you. What I recommend usually when doing the designs for land masses and continents is use a pencil or use a program where it's easy to undo stuff and make changes or have different options available to you. Maybe make duplicate copies of the program and I'm not program, but the file and stuff, so you can have. Uh, the ability to go in and, and tweak and change and twist things around because you will ultimately end up doing that to some extent with the process, especially early on. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you can do the broad strokes, get some things figured out in general. But as you develop the story, as you develop more of the history, the background, and other aspects of the world, you're going to start finding out that maybe you want to tweak a little thing here, put another little settlement over here, or you know, just generally make some tweaks and adjustments and additions or subtractions as as the story and the world setting develop in general. So keeping it in a fluid concept with uh, the ability to erase or add to or you know, basically not keeping it locked in stone would be a key element when you initially start out doing this. And also you'll find what I've learned in the past too, and I can continue to learn, is distance and size does matter. And you might start out with doing some very large, like I said, broad strokes on, you know, here's a big forest here, here's a big swath of prairie here. But maybe you find out that's a lot of prairie. You start doing the measurements and realizing, well, it doesn't seem like a lot on the map, but the scale is such that it's, you know, this one inch is really like 500 miles. You're like, that's a lot of prairie. That's like, you know, a whole state basically of prairie. And maybe that's not something you want to do. So you want to tweak some things around, change some things there. Or maybe you like that and just want to have large uh, certain areas of temperate and uh, terrain that kind of fits that geographical area for whatever reason. And Or maybe it's protected by spells or a whole, whole lot of other different things you can kind of get into and, and play around with. But again, keeping it flexible, keeping it so you're able to do some things with alteration with it in the future and the current time is is very key. One thing that isn't readily thought about or considered, I guess, when you do make maps is roads and travel systems and ways of transportation. 
how are you going to incorporate those and show those on the map? Or are you going to even do that? Typically, what I like to do is have a, a general idea when I do a map or a layout for a series of maps or continents and things or land masses in general, is have a general idea of how things are supposed to flow. So if you know that there's a larger open area in one part of the world, you're probably going to guess that's where a lot of the traffic is going to go since it's a little bit easier to go through an open field or a prairie than it is to travel over a whole bunch of mountains. Not, not impossible, it's just it's usually the easier route to go. And of course, if you have a river, that's even easier. People are going to sail right up that. So where you incorporate rivers, where you incorporate lakes, those are obviously key areas for transportation, settlement, and other fun stuff like that. And then tied into that is how you're going to incorporate transportation channels as well. And that will begin to establish where you might want to have placements of different maybe forts or cities or towns or civilization gathering groups for whatever you want to call them, whether they're villages or hamlets or just, you know, little communities that travel around or just stay and put. That will be something that will come more evident as you start developing the the topography and the basic lay of the land. But also, like I said, just be aware of that when you do it, that there are, it is important to keep in consideration transportation lines and things of that nature. Another factor you want to consider when doing the design, not maybe necessarily right away, but kind of in the back of your mind, is how does stuff change over time and will it be changing over time? For instance, Forests can grow, forests can be cut back, they can be burned, they can be repopulated. Like I said, there's a whole lot of things that can go on with the forest. And so taking that into consideration, how do you want to have your map be? Now, when I say that, you, I, I mean basically you are drawing a map now for the present version of your story, where the story takes place. But were there any differences in how the map looked you know, 15 years ago, 100 years ago, were there different uh, things that took place climatically? Maybe what was the desert was really a tropical rainforest, you know, a thousand years ago. Or maybe this dry lake bed was really a deep lake. Or maybe this current lake was a very deep, dry uh, valley or a, a mountain basin or something. You know. So just keep that into consideration too, because time will also affect the layout of your, your landmass as well. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. I don't know if, you know, like I said, for your world setting, where you want to do that, do with that. But in general, just keep that in mind because basically it will help define what's going on. So if maybe you have like a petrified forest in the middle, it might be a forest, but it's a petrified forest. So now there's a reason why it's there. Or maybe the, the forest that was still growing overgrew a certain area, you know, it was cut back and changed. So there's different variations of the parts in the map, different uh, terrain and things that have gone on since then. And it's changed, you know, throughout the history and stuff. So you can kind of put that on the map. And that gives another level of uh, flavor, history, interactivity that you can put in your story with characters and different things. They might even be able to explore it and have a little mini story there. It's just another way to kind of keep things more believable, keep things more consistent as far as making it seem real world. But also making more of a coherent system as, as, as well. You have a, a living, breathing entity, which is your, your world. And, you know, rivers change course, lakes can fill up, lakes can get smaller, you know, all that kind of stuff. So take that into consideration and how you want to do that. And again, maybe 
there are dramatic changes, like climatically speaking, or maybe they are minor, minute things, civilizations moving in, moving out, kind of stuff like that. So it all depends on when you're building this map, for what time period, and how far into the future from the you know, establishment of this world that's been, and all that kind of fun stuff. And then also think about what might be happening in the future, and maybe leave some room for that as well as things develop and change there. Another thing that people don't often think about when they make maps is that continents and landmasses don't necessarily have a clean break. That is, when you draw the line to outline the basic edge of your land, it doesn't necessarily mean it ends there. A lot of times the land goes underwater, and there could be a series of feet or miles even where it extends into the open ocean or sea or what have you. And in the process, it allows itself to be the bed ground for maybe a coral reef or some islands or some rocky shoals or a whole lot of other hidden things there. It could even be a resource location for hidden tunnels that go deep underground into another part of the world or a deeper part of the continent or could be venting a place for lava tubes or a hidden cove for pirates. You know, just a whole lot of secret things you could put in these locations that people don't readily necessarily know. Of course, they could also do a vast drop-off, too. Maybe this landmass was formed by a sudden and violent eruption of land high into the, the air, and basically you have this sheer drop-off of a cliff that just goes all the way down. It plummets down into this deep, dark abyss. So that's another extreme as well, and that allows a whole other variety of, of options and opportunities for you to plot out and think about for story and, and other things as well. So again, when you do the landmass and continent design work, you're looking at it as a part of a narrative, but also part of fleshing out the basic overall concept of your narrative. Of course, obviously what you're doing with the landmasses is kind of putting together what you've already established for your history and the basic idea for the world science. You're kind of putting life to that. So if your world was created to be one continent, obviously, and got shattered, that's going to determine how that was established. Now, I have some story elements in there as well. But if you're coming at it from the direction of you have a lot of more open room to play around with, I'd say just have some fun. Make some things up, randomly decide on some stuff, and just put some things in and see where it fits. And you can decide how how close things need to be, how far things need to be apart. Again, that's going to depend on the story. It's also going to depend on, like I said, your distance and the scale of the map. If you start finding that it takes like three months to travel between different land masses or continents, then that's probably going to add to a level of uh, story and development to your world setting because that includes time for trade and travel, discovery. I mean, how soon were these places discovered? How easily are they to get to? And, and, and so on and so forth. Whereas if you have a big, long strip of land, it's you know maybe not so hard to interact with it, but it might still take some time to travel from one end to the other. So again, these are all things that add elements of story and development to your world setting. And it's also elements that you can have, like I said, well, that will inform the other. They kind of feed off the other. You know, One design feeds off the narrative, and the narrative feeds off the design and, and backwards and forwards. So again, probably nothing new necessarily, entirely new on these podcasts, particularly today. But I did want to share like some concepts, some ideas you can kind of think about in putting together what works for your landmasses and continents in general. And with that, I think we'll call this particular episode over at this point in time. Thank you again for taking the time to listen in. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or commentary you want to pass my way, do feel free to do so. You can share that at lore, that's L-O-R-E, at chadcorey, that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot Thanks for listening. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.